It's your girl, Marisa, and you are listening to the Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast. The Heard That with Marisa Tigney podcast is sponsored in part by Holy Grail Clothing Company, an American lifestyle brand presented by the Regal Brand Incorporated. Discover high-quality handcrafted essentials from their collections for men, women, and children. Podcast subscribers can take 15% off their entire purchase with discount code HEARDTHAT15. That's H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5 when they shop the virtual retail store at HolyGrailClothingCompany.com. That's HolyGrailClothingCO.com. Holy Grail Clothing Company, wear your crown. I absolutely love doing volunteer service. I have met the most amazing people and some extraordinary kids as well. The cool thing that kids will always ask for when I am volunteering is books, if we have books available for them to take home because their passion and love for reading. There's an amazing author out there by the name of Trevor Romaine who has such cool books for kids that are fun and awesome with simple stories that kids can relate to and parents as well. The Trevor Romaine Company has a diverse collection of social and emotional learning resources to help children and their families become healthier, happier, and more confident. All heard that, listeners. If you go on trevorromaine.com today, you get an exclusive 15% off your complete order by using the code HEARDTHAT, H-E-A-R-D-T-H-A-T-1-5, at trevorromaine.com. Trevor Romaine, no E at the end of Romaine, Dot com today. Whether you watched or you didn't watch, you heard about it, read about it, seen it on the news, the explosive interview with Oprah Winfrey interviewing Prince Harry and Meghan, Duke and Duchess of Sussex, has been nonstop talked about since the interview that debuted on Sunday. Thank you, Heard That Nation, listening in the United States and around the world. I had to brace myself. I really did. And I'll tell you in a moment reason why of the two-hour interview that did air. And it's not because of certain things of this interview that was obvious that people heard about. And there's been, I mean, social media has been a buzz. Royal experts, quote unquote, have been a buzz before and after the, the interview in the UK. They saw the interview, I believe it was sometime uh, a day ago or less than a day ago. 
and uh, Queen Elizabeth has made a statement in regards to it, and I will share that as well. Plus my takes of the All-Star Weekend that was jam-packed in one day, and some heard quick bites that we'll talk about uh, in the show, and an update, and applause to you all who helped me uh, raise some money for my 48th birthday fundraiser for Minnie's Food Pantry. But let's get started and dive right into this interview, Oprah Winfrey, who did a, a an amazing job, an amazing job as an interviewer, and I believe she needs to do a master class in interviewing. She interviewed Prince Harry, Meghan, Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Uh, they finally spoke out about the, what had gone on with their time being there, why they moved uh, out of the royal um, palace, why they uh, relieved their duties and st- took a step back from their roles as royals, why are they in L.A. and that sort of thing. And I tell you what, watching it, it was incredibly emotional. Um, there were some things that I was, like I said, I was surprised about, some things that I was not surprised about. Uh, hearing the feedback from so many people of, of watching this and those that, that heard about it, but there was a part in there, and I've watched many times Oprah interview, her highest being... Uh, I believe, I believe this one was a 17, 17, 1 million viewers watched this. Her highest was obviously Michael Jackson when she interviewed him over 20 years ago at Neverland Ranch. I believe that was 66 million viewers. This, this part right here, of all the interviews she's done, all the interviews I've ever seen her do, I've never seen her take a pause and be shocked uh, about what um, Megan had revealed in regards to their son, Archie and I, I don't know. I was I was surprised and then not surprised. So, it it, it was it was just in, in awe to me of of what, just how 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 can somebody make a a judgment and I'll, and I'll say it and I'll get the clip sounded up, but how can somebody just make a, a judgment about what someone's son looks like? Now everybody knows that Megan is. Uh, biracial, uh, father is white, uh, mother is black, um, first of any color to be part of the royal family. And that in itself, you know, already, you know, ruffled some feathers and got people's opinions and, and, and that sort of thing. But this interview right here pretty much solidified of racism making itself present in, in the, the Buckingham Palace. So I... I I, I wasn't surprised by that. And many people that did watch also, they weren't surprised by it either. But here, here, here's the clip of it that just, 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 it just, it just flat out surprised me. I, I just, I'm trying to get it queued up so that you all can hear. But anyways, the, the, the part of it is where when she did say to Oprah about that somebody of the royal, um, somebody in the royal palace, someone that's high up, had mentioned their concern about the skin color of Archie when he was going when he was born. His his the shade of his skin is what they had a concern about when he was born. So that to me right there and, and and like I said, social media was just absolute, just all over the place 
of that. But again, you know, when she had revealed that, that that was a conversation that took place and it was, it was, it was said between whoever, someone uh, high up and Harry, she was not involved in that conversation. She had made that clear. And Harry did, Prince Harry did make clear that it was neither his grandmother, Queen Elizabeth, or uh, his grandfather, uh, Prince Philip. So you got all kinds of media that is just trying to make a speculation of who had said what and everything else. But the troubling part for me, and I've talked about this and I've been trying to do my part on, on this microphone and this platform, on my social media platforms, the troubling part that I had that, that brought me to tears is when Duchess Megan tried to get help for her mental. I would sit up at night and I was just like, I don't understand how all of this is being churned out. And again, I wasn't seeing it, but it's almost worse when you feel it through the expression of my mom or my friends or them calling me crying, just like, Meg, they're not protecting you. And I realized that it was all happening just because I was breathing. And look, I was really ashamed to say it at the time and ashamed to have to admit it to Harry, especially, um, because I know how much loss he suffered. Mm -hmm. But I knew that if I didn't say it, that I would do it. And I, I just didn't, I just didn't want to be alive anymore. And that was a very clear and real and frightening constant thought that right there and this is somebody that has married into the royal family that asked for help during all of this this craziness that's happened with the the, the social media the the media folk there in the UK of blaming her for various different things. She had made clear that there was something in regards to her making Kate cry when in turn she had shared about that Kate had made her cry and in, in to the point it was about bridesmaid dresses or flower girl dresses. It, it, and, and in the media, this is six months after they're married. Six months after they're married, they're supposed to be enjoying their, their new life together, their honeymoon is all done with. They are supposed to, I mean, they're newlyweds and supposed to be enjoying their time together. And they can't even do that because someone, whoever it was, in, in my opinion, someone broke and leaked that out to the Daily Mail and all the other um, tabloids that get, they got there in the United Kingdom and spun this around to make her look like the villain. And it was just a constant downward spiral an attack on her character, attack on who she is and everything else basically is just drowned out everyone that was on her side, her friends speaking up for her, her former uh, uh, people that, that the actors and actresses that she was, uh, she had show, um, started with, at shows with and movies and everything. They all came to her defense, but all of that was being drowned out by just so much negativity and hatred towards her. And going back to the thing about, uh, uh, of their son, that did that, that right there, it, it just doesn't, it doesn't, 
something has to be done with that. And, and like I said, the queen did make a statement in, in regards to that, that she is uh, just saddened by the fact that uh, this was the, the, the interview. It, it saddened her. It, it was, it was, um, it was shocking that <laughs> this kind of stuff was happening in the, the, the palace. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what it regards him to say to that because of the fact that, it was, I mean, for her to say it's concerning, I'm glad she spoke out about that. And there was also a clip too where Charles was doing his royal duty somewhere at a location. And you know, I believe it was one of the CNN reporters that asked, you know, what do you think about the interview and everything else? And kind of in a way he was like, I'm attending to my royal duties right now. And so basically just kind of brushed it under the rug. Her, her statement that she had talked about with, um, uh, that she had, uh, she had brought up in regards to the interview. She said, in quote, the whole family is saddened to learn the full extent of how challenging the last few years have been for Harry and Meghan. The issues raised, particularly that of race, are concerning. While some recollections may vary, they are taken very seriously and will be addressed by the family privately. Harry, Meghan, and Archie will always be loved, be much loved family members. So I, I, I have a question as far as that. And then I'm just gonna go back to the mental thing. And it was supposed to be handled privately the first time. There was, there was red flags. And I'm gonna tie into the fact that there was red flags. Meghan had said that she had reached out to the firm uh, to the institution when all of this pressure, all of this stuff, and yes, I'm, I'm, I've, I've heard it, and you know, if you want to come at me, I'm going to just not even respond. Yeah, she knew what she married, Prince Harry, she knew what she was getting into. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders, rather in regards to this, a career, a big move, a big change in your life, and you're under so much pressure and under so much scrutiny and the critics and the criticism, either it be your family members or if you're famous, those there in the press and everything else and all of that coming on top of you while you are pregnant. And I've never had children, so I do not know how that, you know, someone feels about that and, and how in regards to that, that is, you know, shout out to all the mothers that have. But when you are having all that kind of pressure on you and all of this, you're, you're, you're being so watched under a microscope and you're dealing with all of this and you've reached out for help and you are not getting it. And they basically, well, we know that you're going through all this, but we can't help you. What kind of protocols is that? Mental health, mental crisis has gone up a lot since this pandemic hit almost a year ago and has been swept under the rug for so long. And now people are doing what they can to talk about it because we are losing people left and right that don't get to talk about it. Or in her case, thank God, she didn't do anything to harm herself because in part of the interview, there was an event that they went to and Prince Harry had advised her to stay home because she didn't look like she was well. And she said, I don't wanna stay home because I, I can't be by myself. I don't, I don't want to stay home because I don't know what I would do. That is dangerous. And couldn't get help? 
and couldn't get help, folks. And, and to go to the event and smile and the cameras and they're holding hands and everything else. And basically, they, they are saved each other. You can see the body language throughout on, on the interview. If you've got the CBS app, I advise you if you want to watch it and, and, and that's for yourself, so be it. But during that time, just hearing her story about how they, they went to this event and the lights dimmed and while it was dark and the event was going on, she would cry. That, that, I mean, that right there got me a bit emotional because of the fact that she couldn't even get the help she needed for her mental state, for her mental state while she was pregnant with her first, uh, first child, Archie. That, 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 that hurts, folks. And you can say all you want to and you don't care about the royals and everything else, but what it boils down to is mental health and mental crisis. It, it's, it's, it's huge, the crisis of the mental health that's going on in these United States and, you know, and around the world. It, it's huge. And if you're not getting the adequate help that you need or you're being rejected for help, I mean, people are taking their lives. I've had guests on this show that talked about different steps and tools and everything to, uh, to take care of their mental health and, and their status and their clarity. She couldn't even do that. She couldn't even get an escape. She couldn't even do that. So this interview was absolutely just loaded with so much bombshells from uh, Prince Harry's strained relationship from uh, his father, Prince Charles, to uh, the strained relationship he has with uh, his brother, Prince William. Um, he's had a strong relationship from what it sounds like with his grandmother, spoke to his grandmother more times during the year of all this transition and them stepping back as royals and then moving to Los Angeles. They also lost security. They wasn't going to give security to their child. I mean, it's just bombshell after bombshell after bombshell. And when they moved to Los Angeles, they didn't have a place to stay or security. So Tyler Perry stepped up and made it happen, gave them the security, let them have a place to stay until they established a, a place of their own. You just, while I was watching this, it just took me back to 1995 and seeing that interview with Diane, Princess of Wales, with Martin Bashir. And you could just see in her, her body language the sadness, um, the devastation, the hurt of, of all of that. And it's just like Harry, I, I, don't, I don't blame Prince Harry at all for just protecting his wife, soon to be two children, because he did not want to see history repeat itself when it comes down to any kind of harm. And all of this is happening and everything else. So I really, 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 really hope that something of this comes, some kind of healing starts to happen. Uh, Oprah had gone on to uh, CBS This Morning and talked a little bit about that, and there was some more of the interview that, that did happen. She said it was three and a half hours long. They had to cut it down to two hours, probably less than that, because there was commercials in between. And it's just mind-blowing uh, of so much that's going on behind those uh, palace walls of racism, isolation alone, uh, aloneness, just, just so much that a person can put on their shoulders and they spoke up about it. Uh, Queen Elizabeth had made her statement, so we'll see what it goes from there. I, I just pray that this family gets some kind of closure, some kind of healing, some kind of uh, connectivity back together because, you know, your family, but these issues are heavy and they, and they said they're going to handle them privately. I, should, I believe they should have handled it while it was going on 
instead of basically just sweeping it under the rug. So I, I really hope that they do something about this. Uh, and then they, they broke news today that uh, Piers Morgan, who I really am not a fan of, as well as many other people, 41,000 signatures that came in after the United Kingdom saw this interview, he said that Megan basically lied about the whole entire thing. It was all made up. He didn't believe her. And so he got called out by a colleague on the show saying, you know, how well can you say that this isn't, that there, there's no racism and everything else. And he's dedicated to protecting the queen and the monarchy and everything else to the point where he got upset, walked off the show. He's no longer part of that, uh, the show on there and trust and believe. I, I'm glad about it, but I hope that man does some serious soul searching because it, it, it's, it's, a, it's insane for somebody for two hours to sit there and say that she's making up the whole thing. This woman went through a health, a mental health crisis, sir. And you're saying that she made up the whole thing. So hopefully he gets some kind of, he, he, he does some soul searching himself uh, on, on that whole entire thing. I'm not even going to, you know, go further into it and, and beat a dead horse. I'm not going to do that. But, you know, he's no longer on uh, UK Morning or whatever it's, media platform he was on, he, he's done a lot of things throughout his journalistic career, if you want to call it that, that have rubbed people for years the wrong way. And so hopefully this will be a time where, you know, he can be anti-Megan if he wants to and everything else, but he needs to take a good look in the mirror and just, you know, check himself and, and get, it, get it all together for that thing. So, but needless to say, let the healing begin, let the families come together, let them solve this privately. But, you know, a, a statement needs to come out again from Queen Elizabeth, from Charles, uh, from Prince Charles, hopefully. And, you know, they continue to heal from there. During this jam-packed weekend, there was the All-Star weekend that was in one jam-packed day. They did not do a whole weekend as they did in the past. It was for uh, dedicated to historical black colleges and universities, which I believe was the ultimate winner for that weekend. And they raised $3 million for the Thurgood, I can say that right, Thurgood Marshall uh, found, College Fund or the United Negro uh, College Fund. So $3 million. Uh, they raised $300,000 during the All-Star Game, which Team LeBron uh won 170 to 150 over Team Durant. Giannis Antetokounmpo, probably didn't say that right, but he's got way too many letters in his name. He was brilliant during that game. 35 points, seven rebounds, three assists. He was named the Kobe Bryant MVP award winner. Uh, they also had the uh, skills challenge. Dematis Sabonis won that one, as well as the all-time great three-point three shooting of all time, and I'll put Clay Thompson up there too. His teammate Steph Curry won the three-point contest over Mike Conley barely, and that was a good little shootout there. I don't want to give a whole lot of credit to the slam dunk contest. Anthony Simons won, but the slam dunk was a halftime show in between the All-Star game. If there was only three uh, participants that did it, I believe Cassius Stanley was ripped off because he had a brilliant first dunk. Uh, and Obi Toppin had a pretty good dunk. And then, like I said, Anthony Simons won the, the dunk contest. It, it, was, it was lackluster, to say the least. 
Uh, he won with the kiss the rim thing, but the cool thing would have been if he actually did kiss the rim, but he did kind of like a kiss at the rim and then dunk the ball. These dunk contests, I tell you what, they have been disappointing uh, the last several years. The last good one that I will say was between, um, uh, uh, I believe it was Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, which again, Aaron Gordon, and I will say this and I will continue to say it, the back-to-back years he was in the dunk contest, he was robbed. I don't, there's no, the, the, the rules of this dunk contest, ladies and gentlemen, need to be changed, okay? Or either it needs to be changed or it needs to go away. Because these dunks are becoming, to me, they're not exciting. They're, they're not creative. I mean, I think all the dunks previous have been created, creative back in the day. Dominique Wilkins, Spud Webb, uh, Vince Carter. I mean, when he was at Tor- Toronto Rappers and he did that ultimate dunk and he looked at the camera and said it was over. That's basically when the dunk contest was. It was basically over. Michael Jeffrey Jordan, when he was in the dunk contest. Dwight Howard, the first time he was in. Blake Griffin, when he jumped over a car. I mean, D. Brown, I believe, he he was in there. Uh, Cedric Sabalas, when he went on one side of the court and he had a blindfold on and he dunked it blindfold. I mean, there's stories of back in the day that I can give you over and over again. And to me, those dunks were exciting. We just not have seen the, the, the creativity, I feel. It's been lackluster. But as of recent, Aaron Gordon, he should have owned at least one, if not both, titles of the dunk contest. He was robbed of that. Cassius Stanley, I believe, was robbed of that as well. So hopefully they take a look at this and do something with it because ugh, it, it, was, it, was, it was not good in my opinion. I'm, I'm just sorry to say that. So, But other things that was happening, uh, the Critics' Choice Awards happened that night. It didn't uh, receive a lot of audience uh, viewership because obviously the big viewership that night was the Oprah Winfrey interview with Prince Harry and uh, Meghan. And uh, the one little guy that, that stole my heart, I believe his name is Adam Kim, that was, uh, he won for the, his role in Minari, which I have on my watch list to see. And he received this award, y'all, and he just broke me down into little bitty tears. And he was so happy and he was thanking everybody. And while he was thanking everybody, he started crying. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I heard Minari was a good movie. So I definitely will check that out. Um, Chadwick Boseman won for his role in Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Rest in power, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Uh, so I saw a little bit of that. Tay Diggs was the host of it. And from what I saw and, and people that did watch it and did comment, uh, the way that it was done, uh, virtually, of course, people, you know, had pieces of the red carpet still dressed up for the event that it was, it, it turned out pretty good. I, like I said, I haven't seen, I didn't see anything that, uh, horrible about it, but then again, I'm a fan of Tay Diggs. I think that, um, the little bits that I did see on his previews and everything that he looked like that he was the right guy to, to host that. So kudos to him for doing that and, and everything else. Um, I believe Zendaya won a special award uh, for her achievements, which at a young age, I mean, she's black girl magic. She's just absolutely uh, wonderful in, in, in some of the things that I've done and just continues to evolve Like in any of the um, roles that she's done. I finally saw Malcolm and Marie. I can see why people did say that it was kind of a little slow in the way it was. But if, if, you're a, if you're a fan of her work and John David Washington and the dynamic of it, it I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed to see 
their characters challenge each other in, in this role. And if you know, if you you know want to check it out, uh, you know definitely check it out. No Man Land. I guess I'm going to add that to my list because that won for Best Picture again. Chloe Zhao won for Best Director. Uh, I think she's going to be the front runner in the Academy Awards for No Man Land um, as well. Uh, Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Young Woman. Uh, Andrew Day. Now remember, she won the Golden Globe for. Uh, United States versus Billie Holiday. She was nominated in this category. Carrie Mulligan for Promising Young Woman. Viola Davis was also in this category. So basically it was the same actresses. It was a couple of them that were added in for this one, this one in particular. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, which I said in the previous uh, podcast episode, that is a high, highly recommended movie for anybody to watch. His absolute brilliance. He is my front runner for... Um, him and Chadwick Boseman, if they put them both, which I believe they will put them for best actor. Oh, that's going to be so, so doggone tough. They are my front to him and Chadwick Boseman for, for their roles. They, they just absolutely so, so, so good. Uh, I said, Adam Kim, it was Alan Kim, Alan Kim. Sorry, Alan. Uh, I, I have Minari on my watch list because, uh, people have raved and reviewed about it. So, uh, best acting ensemble, the Trial of the Chicago 7, that's on my list as well. So uh, congratulations to all the winners of uh, the, at the Critics' Choice Awards. Uh, the SAG Awards will be coming up soon. Uh, I just absolutely love this time of season, this time of year when it's award season. you got the SAG Awards coming, you got the Grammys, and, of course, uh, the, the BAFTAs, and then you have, you know, the Academy Awards, which I cannot wait for that to happen. Cowboys fans, Dallas Cowboys fans, y'all should rejoice. You got your quarterback. Uh, he's getting paid a lot of money. So, uh, we will see if he's going to actually, uh, deliver on this. He gets, uh, Dak Prescott, uh, they finally finalized a deal with him for a four year, $160 million deal with 126 million guaranteed. All I got to say about this, um, Cowboy fans, I hope he brings the chip somehow or gets y'all far in the playoffs or something because, one, they need an offense to protect him so he don't get the same injury like he did last season to be out. And two, he needs an offense to protect him so he don't get the same injury like he did last season. Uh, I, let's see if y'all if they, he can help, if the Dallas Cowboys can be uh, contenders. Uh, there's a lot of things that need to be happening. I mean, again, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, but from the outside looking in, an offense that needs to definitely – Protect him uh, is needed. Uh, beef up some defense, a safety. Uh, I mean, just so much. you giving that guy that kind of money. You better build a, a, a line that's going to protect him and do its job, as well as defense. Defense for the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I have no room to talk because the defense for the Detroit Lions has been nothing but a nightmare. But you're paying this man with guaranteed money and 160 with 126 mil and guaranteed uh, hopefully y'all get your money that, that, that's, that it's worth it. So we'll just see about that and, you know, go from there. Uh, Bracketville, y'all brackets are coming up. Brackets are coming up. I'm ready to fill mine up. Uh, the last tournament that actually the tournament that's getting ready to start is of course the big 10 tournament and, uh, shout out to Michigan. I know that I have some, some Illinois followers and you know, that's okay too, <laughs> but can we just please, just just appreciate 
the, during all this COVID stuff and, you know, during the games and everything else, the student safety, the player safety, it's, it's primary, it's number one. But all of this, we were blessed to have a season, okay? There were some games that were canceled, you know, from the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, the SEC, you know, the Mountain West, and different ones that were canceled or postponed and everything. Can Illinois fans just chill out for a moment? There will be no co-Big Ten title championship. Yes, you have a talented team. We'll not take away anything from there whatsoever. But, but chill out on all that, okay? Just, 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 just be done with it. Michigan has the Big Ten title. Uh, we'll see who's going to be the Big Ten tournament champions. It could be your squad, and then you can hold up your banner and hold your head up high that, yes, you actually will go and print your T-shirts out and put that you won the Big Ten tournament. But enough of the petty, petty, petty betties of the world of Illinois sports fans. Okay, we're getting ready to – Michigan is the Big Ten title, Big Ten conference champions outright, period. It is so. Yes, you beat the brakes off of them at home. They had three losses, one to a Minnesota team that we saw struggling at the back end. And Tom Izzo is a wizard in March getting his team ready. And I think when – and I know. I don't even think. I know that he's getting ready to take his Michigan State squad into the 68 tournament because of the win that they had over Michigan a few days ago. Just, just be done with it, be over it, and just let's move on with this tournament. And then Sunday, Selection Sunday coming up, I will have my brackets ready. I already talked trash and already hyped up of who I want to see in them. I got Michigan going far. And not just because I like them, but because I like what Juwan, Coach Juwan Howard, who is uh, got the, the Coach of the Year, uh, by the way, uh, the Big Ten Coach of the Year, deservedly so. Second year, complete turnaround of this team, the key pieces that he's put together, and I'm excited to see what he's going to do next year when he has uh, some new players coming in uh, to Michigan. Michigan losing uh, nine seniors, I believe three of them uh, are starters. Michael, Michael Smith was a transfer. Shondi Brown was a transfer. Isaiah Livers, who came back this year, and it's the best year that I've seen him have, uh, period. I'm glad that he made the decision to come back and Eli Brooks uh, sending a speedy recovery to him because hopefully his ankle is a little bit better uh, to play. And I know Franz Wachner was out. He's not a senior. He's a sophomore. He was out. He hurt himself. So hopefully by Friday they will go in and basically play their little tails off. But uh, it's, it's going to be exciting to see. Gonzaga is the only undefeated squad. So we'll see how far they go. We'll definitely know they'll get a number one seed uh in the tournament so we'll see how that goes they i believe uh the experts have picked gonzaga baylor michigan and illinois to have the number one seeds in the tournament so this is the exciting time of year we were blessed to see uh this this season conclude we're gonna you know the tournaments they're going on there's already some schools that have their tickets punched i love i love a great underdog story of you know you're hearing these teams that um, haven't been to a, a tournament in, in years or it's their first time and everything else. So this, I, I really, truly like this, this, this time where we can see some great basketball happen on so many networks and, you know, come together with class, ladies and gentlemen. Please come with class on social media. We don't need to, you know, put people down and everything else. It's already crazy crazy pandemic, you know, all that that's going on in the world right now. It's just, let's just, let's just please show some good sportsmanship when we're watching those games and everything else. So that's what we got going on. I'm waiting to print my brackets out next week. So 
Uh, I will talk about my bracket on another uh, show coming up uh, soon. I want to give a shout out to everybody that uh, heard me last, the last previous episode, as well as on my social media platforms, my birthday fundraiser, my birthday was Friday, March 5th. And I had uh, put out there on social media that the place that I was uh, trying to raise money for was Minnie's Food Pantry, a place here in Plano, Texas, uh, that provides meals, not only just in Plano, but basically they are boots on the ground. Dr. Cheryl Jackson, who is, let me say it right, Dr. Cheryl Action Jackson, who is the founder of Minnie's Food Pantry. Uh, She is boots on the ground wherever there's help that's needed, food, water, different things that that people need. She is there, not just in here, but in Houston, New York, Los Angeles. Um, I've seen seen her at work and, you know, shout out to her and her team. And the people that helped me uh, raise money, we raised $741. $1 equals three meals. So it's like 2,146 meals that were provided. So I appreciate appreciate and applaud you. And if I had an applause button, I would, but I'm like applauding you away from the microphone so it doesn't sound crazy. So thank you very much for those that donated, that spread the word. Uh, To continue that, even though that, you know, this is all wonderful and good, there are still millions of families that here in Texas still are still recovering from the snowstorm Uri that knocked out power, electricity, busted pipes, their houses in unlivable conditions. Uh, still have people that are in hotels. If you want to continue to donate or have not donated yet, or you think it's too late to donate, minisfoodpantry.org, M-I-N-N-I-E-S-F-O-O-D-P-A-N-T-R-Y.org. And lend your support there. doesn't matter how much the the donation is. It's definitely, definitely going to be used to assist and to help families uh, with all kinds of uncertainty and things that they got going on and gives them a, a sense of hope of that things will turn around, that they will have food for their families, uh, that they will get back to their houses and living conditions and just have a sense of normalcy. So, so please thank you to donate. And I appreciate, again, those that did donate. Uh, that meant everything to me uh, and made this birthday girl's dream come true. A big four eight. Uh, I, I have no complaints. I enjoyed myself. It was, it was just absolutely amazing, the love and the messages and the comments that I got from so many people. I, I, I appreciate it. That just makes me feel really good. So thank you so much for hearing me today on this podcast. And as I always, always, always end the show, take care. Stay safe. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know, now you know. All you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that, heard that. Look, all you ever gotta say is, Heard that, heard that.
be in the know of new episodes that are coming up on the podcast at heardthatwithmarisa.com. I'm also available on Instagram at Marisa Tigney Podcast, on Twitter at Lovely Marisa T, as well as Facebook on a social media page, Heard That With Marisa Tigney. I appreciate your continued support. Everything she says is truth. If you don't know now, you know all you ever gotta say is Hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that, hurt that. Look, all you ever gotta say is Hurt that.